Well, Jacob, I have a question for you today. Okay. And that is, when or how do you exactly know that your lesson is successful? I mean, at what point do you know that you have, you really have made it successful? You know, these, when I'm asking you a question, I'm not nearly as nervous. And then when, when you start like building up, that's when I start going, oh my goodness, what's she going to ask? So when do I know a lesson is successful? Uh, that's, I don't know. I mean, let's walk through it. So we start going. I think the first indicator is our the students engaged like if i if i'm not getting a good energy out of them in like the early sections of it it's kind of a first indicator but i think it's usually after we've analyzed the piece and whatever i have them doing after that whether that's maybe they if we're close to a test i might be answering a test like question it might be an open-ended response um but usually what I when I go, man, that was a great lesson. It's usually when they go off into their writing and I see evidence of their learning in what they're writing. So perfect example. Nancy Atwell has a lesson called Write About a Pebble. Then uh, I first discovered it in her book In the Middle. And it's this whole idea of don't write about pebbles, write about a pebble, write about one thing and really hyper focus on it and it's a great lesson for middle school kids especially because it gets them to focus their drafts it gets them to focus their ideas um and it's a good concept and i knew that lesson was successful because a lot of my students after that started using that language when we would conference and they were immediately it fixed uh, the, the level of focus in their drafts. Another one was I saw a lot of my kids early on last year. They were trying to b- write a bunch of dialogue. And so like the next day, I decided to break down how to do dialogue, how to do paragraph breaks when someone new speaks, it drops down, all that stuff. And it immediately fixed all of their uh, dialogue. Well, I wouldn't say all, but it fixed the majority of what they were writing with dialogue and stuff like that. And I think that's usually when I feel like a lesson was really successful. When I see evidence evidence of it in their authentic practice, I think it's good. That's that's what that's my answer. All right. Well with that, welcome to Craft and Draft with Jacob Chastain and Pam Ochoa. Uh, last week we uh, we talked about a lesson that I had done. Today we're gonna chat a little bit and then we're gonna see what uh, Jacob's kind of spun up there as a lesson. So we're gonna find out a little bit about his lesson planning and we'll talk about that. We hope you enjoy it. So Jacob, have you had a good time lesson planning in the whole week that we've had? Yeah, <laughs> totally. I, um, you know, it's so funny is this, this week coming up is it's a kind of a weird one for us. And then we have, uh, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if other people have similar stuff like this. I imagine they do, but the whole uh, district kind of assessment practice or whatever, it kind of washes out. I mean, at the very least, two days of instruction, yeah. give or take. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of a bummer. It's a short week coming up to you. Um, that's not the that's that's why I'm kind of lesson planning for I'm doing double duty because I wanted to do a lesson uh, 
for this episode, but at the same time, uh, you got first dibs, so you got to do the earlier lesson. So I was, I was, I'm thinking beyond even the weeks that we talked about on last week's episode. So uh, it's been an interesting time. I'm kind of tired today, so we're gonna make it work in the lesson regardless. But I'm having fun. I mean, we talked about on the last episode. I'm not really a, a pure lesson planner necessarily. I'm more of a event manager. And uh, yeah, yeah, that that's kind of where my thoughts are today. So I guess I should have rephrased my question. What event do you have? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so last week we, you know, you kind of looked at like nonfiction and the unit we have after that is kind of going into critique and critique is a new standard for us. And it's kind of an awkward one because, um, not that we teach to the test, but you know, we like to hit on the test stuff because our, as long as our kids are still judged by the test, we have to, make sure to hit that no matter what our beliefs are about authentic learning or about the test or anything like that. We still have an obligation to let kids pass, right? We need to kind of aim for them to be successful on those assessments. But um, critique is interesting because it's not, it's, it's new and our test hasn't changed the new standard yet. So there is, I don't know, it's kind of like a, a weird unit to me because we can, we have to tie it into the stuff that is tested to make it valuable. But I also think critique is just kind of a valuable thing in and of itself. So that that's kind of where I'm thinking of going with this lesson is trying to pull in as many aspects of other units that I can in order to kind of circle back on stuff to still prepare kids for what they need to be prepared for, even though critique's not on the test. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember doing that critique last year. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit, and I had I had this one student that was, oh my goodness, she just, I think she could do this for a living. Critique, um, so we had her doing some stuff, and actually the librarian even published it for, so it was kind of neat. That is a skill that not everybody has, and everybody wants to take critique and make it. I mean, I think our students think of it as a negative. So it's yeah. really neat to be able to use this opportunity to make it a little more positive experience for them and to show them what proper feedback is all about. For sure. Well, and then you have, I mean, the the standard I'm looking at right now says present a critique of a literary work film or dramatic production, employing eye contact, speaking rate, volume, enunciation, a variety of natural gestures, and conventions of language to communicate ideas effectively. So it's basically a presentation. Um, mm-hmm. done in a variety of ways. And uh, this idea of a critique, I was like, what, you know, I, I was just curious. I just kind of like Googled around. And I was like, what's the real kind of definition of this? And what it is, is it's a detailed analysis and assessment of something, especially literary, philosophical, or political theory. So critique, like you said, a lot of kids think about it as this negative thing, but really it's it's an analysis and or assessment of something. And I think that specifically in um, writing workshop and reading workshop, um, that's valid to give our kids tools to use that for in any way, because that's, that's what we're doing in our own writing. And if you're doing writing groups and reading groups is you're analyzing, it doesn't mean you're bashing. Sometimes it might be, you know, sometimes it might be a negative (laughs) critique, but for the most part, it's really not negative or positive. It's just analyzing, um, for the sake of doing that. And I think it's a useful, I think it's a vastly useful skill, especially when you're talking about 
the skills people need as adults. Like I, I think everyone would agree that we need to be raising kids who can critically analyze something without condemning it entirely. Right. Especially today when everybody yeah. starts out with the <laughs> condemnation and then they offer the critique as to why, you know, so yeah, which causes a little stir uh, or more than just a little. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a big deal. I do. Well, I'm um, looking forward to hearing how you're planning on attacking this uh, critique. Well, I think so. I don't know. I'm playing with this idea a little bit. I'm I always try to set up whatever unit we're doing with the idea of driving it home to the kids at why we're doing it in the first place. So I kind of, you know, just kind of doing some research. I looked up kind of what are, what are critiques for? What do they do? I found this really helpful resource that basically said writing critique on a work helps us to develop. And then it has like three reasons, which is a knowledge of a work or subject area. So just by critiquing something, you develop a deeper knowledge of it. Um, an understanding of the work's purpose, intended audience, development of argument, structure, evidence, or creative style, or recognition of strengths and weaknesses of the work. So writing critiques, presenting critiques, um, crafting critiques, it literally forces you to dive into a subject matter and the art of creating something in the first place. So let's do an example. Let's say we read a nonfiction article about, I don't know, why people should be vegetarian. Why the, or let's go, let's go even more specific. Like why the meat industry is bad, right? Don't care what side you're on, but let's say you wrote, read an article about that. Uh, in order to write a critique, a student needs to what? They need to understand how a piece was put together, why a piece was put together. They need to be able to analyze um, possibly like the source of this, Right. Is it from PETA mm-hmm. or is it from, is it from a, right. a rival? Or from the Ranchers Association. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is it like, what, what's the source? Why would these people mm-hmm. be wanting you to believe something a certain way? So not only do you need knowledge of something in order to accurately say if it's a good piece or not, you need to be able to analyze the structure of something to even see if it's done well. So for instance, because we have so much background knowledge on reading and writing workshop, we can read an article and go, oh, this isn't, this is kind of a a low quality article. It doesn't really talk about anything that's really relevant. Um, Or we can find something and go, wow, this is really great, but it's presented badly. So having that knowledge allows us to do that. A lot of our kids don't have background knowledge on a lot of subjects. So in crafting this unit, this purpose, to get my kids really thinking about stuff, part of my challenge is going to be giving them enough time to learn about something and teaching critique at the same time because <laughs> they're it, that's kind of what they do. So if they go into it, let's say they're analyzing something about music, right? Uh, hopefully they have that background knowledge so they can kind of judge it. Um, I, I kind of want them to go a little bit deeper in certain topics. I don't know. Like I, I don't, I don't want to have a sea of kind of vapid ideas. Like I really want them to go deeper into certain things. So when I'm thinking about doing this, I don't know. I think I, I don't know. I'm going to pitch this to you is I think I might, a good idea would be a brainstorming session about like finding out what do they know a lot about or what would they like to know more about? Do you think that'd be a good idea? I do actually. Uh, but when you were talking on that last sentence, what I was thinking 
is what if you did put a series of, like you said, music Mm -hmm. and you just put uh, vegetarianism or, you know, whatever, just put like a, a set of things up there and have like a one minute brainstorming session on what they know. And then maybe put another set or maybe have them give you things that they're knowledgeable about. You put it up there like in columns and then they just brainstorm all the stuff that they know. And then after that, they kind of choose something they want to know more about. I don't know if that would be workable or not. Yeah, there's a there's a chart called that. And it's like a, a no and want to know chart or whatever. Oh, well, it's a KWL. Yeah, there we go. A chart. And then uh, then you can add an A on there for association. Uh, so I think it's association or applied application application. How can it be applied? So it's the K is what do you already know? The W is what you want to know more about, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the L is what have you already learned? So that's kind of past tense. And then I've seen it where they put an A on there and how can you apply it? What you've learned. So you can do, you can make those. I, I've just learned to take something like the KWL chart and then you figure out what it is you really want. Okay. And then you, you adapt it and make it what you want. You, that's kind of, to me, a seed of an idea, but it doesn't have to be. I think sometimes we get hung up because we want to make it the KWL chart that I learned, but that's just a shoulder on which I can stand on, if you will. Sure. And I can make that whatever I want. Well, and to go back to the standard too, which is interesting, is it's okay. it's a critique of a literary work, film, or dramatic production. So this could be, I mean, they could critique a something that's written, like a book, or an article or something like that, um, a movie or a play or something like that. And I think that's that variety is pretty interesting. So I think to jump off kind of what we talked about last week of that assignment that I did where I kind of combined all three genres, I think I'm going to do that um, here where we might look at um, a literary work. I, I would try to find a thematic link between – um, something written, something we could watch, and then something else. Um, an obvious one would be like Hamilton, just because that's something that's uh, relevant and it's available on Disney. But I don't, I don't, I don't want to use that as an example because I don't want to steal it from somebody just in case they want to. If I, I have a couple history buffs who would really like to do that, but something along those lines to where I could show all three and then almost model mine. I'm definitely going to create a critique. Um, on my own to kind of model for them. But I I don't really see a way to do this in a way that isn't project minded. Cause I feel like this is, this isn't something you can just do in a week or in a day. Like it's definitely going to take a little bit. So I I feel like I'm going to have to set it up as, all right, this is your deep dive. Maybe jump into some research. It's a little early for that in our curriculum, but it never hurts to teach curriculum or research. (laughs) Well, I think you can research anything, and I think I think yeah. this is a grand opportunity to show the kids that research, we might, our district may treat it as a unit, but it's really, we research everything. You yeah. go in, and poetry, everything, I mean, an actual author will research things that they're not sure about. Well, one of the things I did last year on this, on this thing is I showed uh, Princess Bride, well, Siskel and Ebert, when I grew up, on entertainment tonight or whatever, they had Siskel and Ebert. Mm-hmm. And we always, my mom and dad, everybody, we would all sit around the TV, you know, the big, huge console TVs, uh, you know, not like today, 
yeah. flat screen. But anyway, <laughs> we'd sit we'd sit around those, and it was Siskel and Ebert. Of course, one of them has passed. I um, I can't remember which one. But anyway, so I found an old uh, video of that, and I showed that with the kids. And Princess Bride was just something that was clean enough that I felt like I could show. But um, I did their critique, and then it came back out uh, for an anniversary, and then somebody wrote a critique about it. So we looked at both the written critique and then that, and then the kids, they analyzed what was in those critiques and mm-hmm. what was similar about the about the uh, production, you know, the video, and then versus the uh, article. So I, I like your idea of finding a theme. Well, and I even had, well, two things. First, when I did this as a literacy coach, right, when I did seventh grade, um, mm-hmm. we I guided them a little bit. They were um, lower students in general. They had less uh, background knowledge on some stuff like that. So I guided a lot of the process. Well, and I know just we, a little we, bit. I'm going to oh, interrupt go you there. I know I'm sure. talking over you. But just <laughs> when you said that they were kids that were lower, if I recall, you wanted all of the students to be what everybody else had. You didn't want like, you know, so you, you pretty much had students that were comparable to the average or below average uh, for our school at that time. Yes. 100%. And that was because, Mm -hmm. you know, it was rare for a coach in the district to have a class and I didn't want to just, you know, poach all of the kids who are already doing well. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to, to face some of the similar issues. And one of the issues that we had here was, you know, we, we were low on time. Um, a lot of them hadn't really, cause I'd got them in this six weeks that we're talking about. So a lot of them hadn't even read books yet. Um, for the year they hadn't really done anything. And I was like, well, we could do a literature circle. I'd have to make sure the books were short enough and stuff like that. So what we ended up doing is I introduced it with like SpongeBob. Like we analyzed, we, we brainstormed early. Oh, no, that's fun. Well, we brainstormed it, but like, what are all the ways that, that what makes an uh, like a, a TV show, like a cartoon good, right? It's like, oh, well, animation, cool. What else? Oh, the humor, awesome. And we made this huge list of things that we could critique about it. And then we watched an episode and we did just like a quick, like a quick right brainstorm of like a critique on it. And what eventually what we led up to was we ended up critiquing Kung Fu Panda, right? So we watched a whole movie <laughs> and kind of did that. And it was fun and they got into it. But I want to do something a little bit more complex with this and this idea that I had for my honor students is um what if I did what if we did themes but not across genre necessarily but with my groups because I was thinking of getting my kids and a way to bring in some of my online kids is to actually put them in groups with uh students who are in person and have in-person kids so maybe some type of combination of the two that way my online kids can interact with kids in school. And so you'd put them, you'd put them in groups through like canvas. Yeah. Through your learning Mm -hmm. LMS or whatever. Okay. And then they could, they could talk through zoom or something like that. Um, when they meet, but the, so these groups would be more or less like just to meet, like they wouldn't be doing group critiques, right? They wouldn't just be making one thing together rather so let's say their theme was, um, I don't know, let, let's stick with uh, Earth, right? So let's say they want to do uh, pollution and the effects of pollution. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to do that. 
There's a bunch of different ways they could watch a documentary on it. They could read an article. They could read a book, all this stuff. Let's say that's their theme. They each have one, and then they come together, use each other's knowledge that they're pulling, and then they can help each other craft better critiques without being responsible for all of the background knowledge on their own. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. The, what do you, what are, I feel like there's pitfalls there I'm not seeing, though. <laughs> Not sure. I mean, I, I think you. I think you have, and, and I fall under that same thing. Is the the students don't know. I mean, they don't have yeah. a, a grasp of even fairy tales. They well, don't have by, a grasp. Of- by far, that's the most challenging aspect of this. Is because in order to criti- critique something, you can critique just the format of something. Like, is it effective? But I think for honors kids who are already doing really great and they're reading a lot, I think adding the layer of complexity of, no, I want you to not only be able to say, is this presented well, but is the information even worthy of being presented like this? Because something can be very persuasive and be 100% wrong. <laughs> so right. I, I, I want to add that next level by giving this background knowledge. And by far, that's the biggest hill I have to climb doing that. Well, and then you want the students to, to – are you wanting them to choose their own topics to go deep in? Are you all going to do the same thing like you did last year where everybody did Kung Fu Panda? Are you going to use that one, one, you know, one that we all do together and then each group goes off to a separate one? I would rather have thematically linked variety. So I don't know how many we would get. Um, even Every time I've done themes – you know, you've, we've talked about doing literature circles based on themes that we kids aren't reading the same book, but they might be reading, you know. About like the same type of thing. Yeah. Like, so something like that. But with um, with this idea, I just don't know if I would maybe pre-assess kind of where their ideas are and then connect themes together um, or give them pre thought of themes so i you know this is always the 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 line i walk Mm. in stuff like this because i don't i love freedom but sometimes too much freedom is uh grounds for floundering (laughs) (laughs) well that is true that is true so you got to figure out a way to to do it so i don't know i mean i think what what if you had are there certain themes you have in mind that you would like for them to explore I don't know. I mean, I think there's there's some obvious ones like um, like protesting. I think protesting is in the zeitgeist of everything they hear right now, um, right. good and bad. And I, there's books about that. There's documentaries about it. There's articles. There's plays. Like I think that'd be a really easy one to find thematic links for everyone. It, like even something like the election. Like we're in an election year, so like there could be thematic links there or about like the democratic process in general. Um, I don't know. Like technology is always a good one for kids to go into um, the power of social media and what it does. Like I think the whole TikTok thing, like almost getting mm-hmm. banned in the U S is a really fascinating subject, but not even that, but just the, the role of social media has had on the world. Like, I mean, there's a great book called, um, the last book in the universe. Uh, it's a fantastic little sci-fi novel. It's been around forever, but it's, you know, in that they talk about how like the rich people just kind of use technology to get better. And then the poor people don't. And it's like, what's the morality of technology use? Like there's stuff like that, that I think would be really cool. But, you know, I feel like just talking right now, I feel like it's almost 
a little abstract. I, mean, I feel like I'm going to have to do some more concrete work to get them mm-hmm. to uh, dive in the way I want to. So I'm, I don't know. Another way might be, and this is really high level, which is allow them to kind of pick their topics and then thematically link themselves. Like, like what they link with other people? Yeah. So like they come up with what they want to do. It's like, okay, now find people who are in your same theme. How Arena. do you thematically link your topics? Well, I do where they they choose. Uh-huh. And then everybody turns that into me. And a lot of times I do the linking. Right. Uh, but with honors students, I mean, I think you could could do that, but just be willing to help them. So, that's what so I'm you saying. could I'm have just... them get up and and uh, you could have like one group get up and, and put like a on a post-it note or whatever and put it up on the wall mm-hmm. around the room. Or on your, I don't know how to do it digitally, to be honest, but this is, let's just say it's not digital right now. Okay. And you'd get, you'd, they'd put their post-it note up and then you'd walk around real quick and then put them in just the one group, just one all the way, you know, whatever one, Mm -hmm. let's say you've got six tables. So one person from each one. So that kind of gets us started. And then the next set gets up and then they put their post-it note to the person that's the closest to theirs. And if they can't find one, then they have a separate separate category, like they start a new category. Right. And then your next group could get up and then they look and then they put their post-it notes where it's similar. I don't know. You could do something like that. That could be one way. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm going to play with the idea of thematically link stuff i like that idea because i think it'll help background knowledge but so let's take a a step forward in direction i know where i want this to go so (laughs) once i once i figure out do that and go backwards go ahead yeah i mean because here's what i want to do i love giving them freedom to create within the genres that they like um so when it comes to presenting a critique uh, the standard, just reading it basically, is really it reads like you're just making a general presentation, right? Mm-hmm. But it talks about gestures and stuff like that. But I see no reason why I can't also allow them to critique something through slam poetry, or critique something through a uh, video creation or a podcast. Now it says natural gestures. Um, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm not too hung up on stuff like that because remember, our whole goal is to really create um, a, a valid analysis and assessment of something. So mm-hmm. there's so many like employing eye contact, speaking rate, volume. I mean, if they're doing, I feel like I can bend that a little bit. If they do a podcast, they still have to do speaking rate, volume, enunciation, a variety of. Uh, Uh, conventions of language and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. giving them the variety to create these things, I think is how I'm really going to excite some of these kids who, because right now, like all we've done, and I say that in a positive way, all we've done, you know, we're writing a lot and we're publishing a lot right now. A lot of kids are doing poetry. Some of them are doing stories and stuff like that. I think allowing them to take those ideas and what if they, I mean, what, just think about this. I mean, if a kid wants to critique a movie by writing a poem about it, why not? Right. If they want to get together and do a podcast about, uh, where they, they, uh, critique together a book, right. Two kids read the same book and want to do that. I think that'd be really cool. Like, I I don't know now. Okay. So hang on. I got an idea. So what if, Uh 
This is what happens. By the way, if anyone, people are listening, it's like, oh my God, he jumps around. This is how my brain works when I'm lesson planning. Um, so what if I do some type of activity where I judge kind of where their brains are? You know, I know my students pretty well, so I could probably do it without it. But, you know, for all fairness, get some information about what they want. And then I come up with ways that they could choose to do this. So... I'll pick a short book that kids could read together, right? Maybe mm-hmm. maybe three choices. Um, and then they can figure out if they want to do that written. They could do it alone. They could do a podcast with somebody. They could do something like that. So give a lot of options there. And the, you know what I mean? So give them options that are kind of pre-selected based on interest and let them do that. So there's still choice, and they have choice in how they do the final product. But ultimately, the source in general comes from me. I don't know. Is that, is that too convoluted? Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I was asking earlier. I mean, do you, are you going to let them choose? Are you going to give them the option that they have to critique? See, I definitely want to give them option in product. Um, as long as we can hit the majority of that standard and present a critique, I, I see no problem in them being able to, um, make a video, they can make a YouTube video, they could do a flip grid. I mean, they could do all kinds of stuff uh, to present their critique. It's it's the giving them or not giving them this. Now, there's also the other way. I mean, I could be overcomplicating this. I could be like, here's a critique. Let's read a critique of a book, a film, and a dramatic production. Think about which way you want to go. What's your product? Here's your due date. And then we work through it just through workshop. So if they want to do a critique on a movie, um then a lot of it would be watching the movie maybe once or twice, three times, four times, brainstorming their critique, writing it, and doing it that way, right? Mm-hmm. And then presenting it. We just work on it through that way. But I do, I don't know. I want to push them a little bit. I feel like that, I could get away with that, but I, for some reason my brain's like, well, uh, why not just really push push to the top? Well, I mean, um, you could do all the modeling with one that we all do together. Mm-hmm. And then you let them go on their own topic that they feel like they know the best. Right. Or a movie that they like the most or a book that they have enjoyed the most. No, and then let them choose however they want to present it. Yeah. I mean, I know. Uh, see, the thing that a lot of my students do, they're going to hate. Uh, if I if I try to force them to be with anybody, they're going to dislike it. That's why I had this idea of coming up with like thematically linked groups because I want them to kind of use each other. Well, then, I mean, to me, if you're going to do that, then I would just pick some themes that you're interested in. Like myself? Yeah, or you could do like a quick, like you said, judge where their brains are yeah. at. Just do a quick thing. Hey, uh, I've got this. We're gonna, we're about to have to do this uh, project-based critique, and I want you mm-hmm. to work in groups. But I want you to have as much choice as you can. So if we were to... I mean, I want to make it thematic. So what are some themes or things that you're really interested in? And then just let them just start listing and you just write it all on the board or wherever you do your brainstorming. You can be typing it up. I've seen it done both ways. But type up whatever they start, if you will, yelling out, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. And then from there, say, but I'm going to select the top. I don't know how many groups you're going to have. But also like the top six. I like that idea and then, too. And also, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. 
No, and then from those six, maybe you can find out who would want to go with whom, and then mm-hmm. you make your decision there. So, I mean, you could break it down that way and then let them go for it. Yeah, and then I was also thinking, you know, if I do want to do the groups, maybe I can just do, even if they were all on different things, have them, like, maybe they choose between the three. So if they want to critique film, whatever, mm-hmm. and then I, I thematically link them that way. And that way they're not limited to having the same thematic subject. But okay. all, all my film critics, they're together relatively. I mean, if there's like 10 of them, then a group of five or, you know what I mean? Well, um, yeah, because if they all choose film, let's just say they all choose film, then mm-hmm. you can break them up into groups and then they decide what film they're going to do. I just want to I want to find that. a way for them to bounce ideas and learn from each other just as much as me during this because they're all going to be in different spots and I think they'll have a lot I think they'll gain a lot from just talking to each other about how they're going about their critiques and what that looks like and then also if you know if we get to the presentation stage like what does it look like to do this well in a presentation when you're looking at that I still have to go back to Siskel and Ebert hey are you do you are you familiar with Siskel and Ebert I mean you're a little bit but they were already gone by the time. Well, I always thought, you know well, I thought it was like about? Roger and Ebert. Well, it might be Roger and Ebert now. Because <laughs> one of them passed away. But it was this school. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the, the film critics. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I think yeah. showing that to some of the kids could give them some ideas on how the back and forth would go. Mm-hmm. Or do we have some current ones now? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's like what's popular now is like YouTube uh, video reviewers. So like, just yeah. like normal people who have gotten a big following. Like I have a guy that I watch, his name is Jeremy Johns on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, he would probably be a good example. Cause most of his content's pretty clean. Um, he'll say everything. He'll say something every once in a while, but most of his videos are relatively clean and he could, he does these really good, uh, movie reviews. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you show them what you mean that way and then, um, I think that would be very helpful. Mm, yeah. So, and then, you know, book reviews, like, you know, those are easy to find because they're professional. You can find them on Amazon. You can look at good Amazon reviews and bad Amazon reviews. I mean, they're all right. over the place. Well, the thing about book reviews, uh, you know, you can find some really good written ones. Mm-hmm. So if you want them, I always wanted them, the kids to write as well as present. So I, I just, um, that's where I got some of those last year. Now, here's the thing. I have one more question on this. Do you think this standard leaves open like a video game review? Well, I was thinking gamers earlier because, you know, my son's all into gaming. So, but yeah, I don't know why they couldn't do a video game review. And I think last year, you're all of your, or two years ago, all your kids loved that. Oh, whatever. You had to teach me all about it. Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite. That's it. Yeah. Fortnite. So, you know, <laughs> drop them in there so you could all get killed. Hey. Yeah. So, you know, there could be a review. I would say um, you probably have some categories because some people get killed really way too fast. It can't be fun. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, and a lot of them did that that year. You know, they're like I had this one kid mm-hmm. who he had no for, frame of reference for anything but that game. And he ended up he had a good critique. Um, and it was it got him through it. That's I don't know. That's my uh, my biggest caveat to all of this. And I. 
I've probably talked about this before, but I hate anything that takes forever in my classroom because like sometimes, and I know they're valuable. So when I say hate, doesn't mean I don't do things that take a while, but like I, I projects like kids writing on their or working on their writing and stuff is a lot more engaging to me, but coming up with like something, cause if you're, it's one thing to write a critique but this standard is present a critique. So we have to find ways to do that. Right. And that, that process is what sometimes can drive me insane because it's hard. It's hard to get a whole class moving in the same direction on something. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, your gaming thing, going back to that a little bit, uh, of course, you know, that's what my son has been doing some, and he's been doing some, crit- they were doing uh 40k. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Are you familiar with 40k Mm-mm. tabletop games? Oh, I got something on you. <laughs> but anyway, 40K costs a lot of money to do. and uh, But it's one of those tabletop games. And the people who are into that are like really big into it. And so uh, Edition 9 came out. And so he did with his friend an entire, I guess, a, a YouTube video, Facebook type thing, uh, live stream on critiquing uh, 40K uh, 9th edition. So. I think if he could do that, surely, you know, we could critique just about anything. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I don't know, I, all these ideas, I know it sounds like we, I was kind of floundering here, but I think a lot of it is, I mean, it's just working out the the big concepts, creating these authentic places. And I think if I set it up correctly, the kids are just going to go. And there a lot of it, a lot of my lessons in the middle of it will be driven by, okay, what do they need? Um, what, what are we stuck on here? Like it might start off with really analyzing what we know a lot about or what we're interested in moving into, okay, so what does it look like to critique something? And then from there creating your critique and an outline and then figuring out the best way to present that information. And I think, I think the presentation, that's what I'll kind of clamp down more on. I might give them like three options on how to present. Um, and then maybe some variety in there. So if they want to do a video, uh, figure out how to do that, right? Like why not let them use loom and PowerPoint, right? If adults can do that Mm -hmm. for professional learning is teachers. Why can't can't uh, students? Yeah. Right. Or, create a YouTube style video or get up and talk in front of the class. You know, I just think like the, I, I believe in the value of presenting like that. Um, I also know it gives a lot of kids hives. It gives adults hives to even think about doing that sometimes. So mm-hmm. I want to ensure that they have variety and can still present their information, but not, not feel so betrayed, if you will. Cause a lot of my classroom is built on the idea that we go after our interest and, uh, whatever. So I want to push them, but I also don't want them to hate this idea of presenting and then they're scarred for the rest of their lives. All right. I got, I got, I got something way out there for you. I don't know if you're ready for this. Okay. It just happened in my head. You're into transformations, Uh big classroom transformations. Mm -hmm. So what if you transformed your classroom into a media production office building? You know, like Entertainment uh-huh. Tonight or like something like that. And then so they all have to work for you. You're the head publisher. And then you give them topics just like they would in the real world if they worked for a journalistic type thing. And then they have to they 
they kind of create their own office, if you will, and they have to work on that. But anyway, but it gives them something more than just, uh, do we have to do this? So anyway, there. So so then you could have your tables all together in the middle, and you know how you see in the movies where they're they're planning the big idea, you know, because I only know things from the movies. But anyway, <laughs> but you, they you know they have the table down in the center. Yep. And they're having a big conference on. Um, okay, so Mary, what's your topic that you're going to do? Okay, let's make that story good. We're going to, you know, whatever. So then they go by, and so they have to run their idea by the whole committee, which is the class, before they go and often do their actual plan. You know, I do like this idea. That's a, what the, I have some time. I think I could make that work. I don't know. I mean, it'd be, you know, you might not have to make it as big as your cave. I mean, I've seen your cave. Yeah. <laughs> what else have you done? <laughs> Because, I mean, the transformation idea, I think, is pretty – I like the idea of transformation. It just takes yeah, some time. But it sure. does add novelty, and you know the brain loves novelty. And that would keep yeah. your kids interested while they're trying to do something they've never done before. Well, it even be I cool to – even if we didn't do a transformation, but what if we – like there was a – like what if we did create like a class production? That way we limited um, information – to like it was almost like we had to put together like I was the production manager right and mm-hmm. we have to put together a 30 minute production of everyone's ideas into one thing so like they could be a reporter on something or you know what I mean like almost like a, a segmented uh tv show something like that yeah, that's to where ki- yeah that's kind of what I had in mind a yeah. little bit something like that I don't know. That's a, that's a cool idea. Well, it would also to be a critique no matter what though. Yeah. So it'd have to be, I guess no, I was thinking news in my head, but it wouldn't be news. It'd be like, uh, I don't know. What's an equivalent of that. Well, that's why I said me- media of some sort, but I don't mm. know. Maybe that would be what's interesting is they come up with their own title for their company. Yeah. I just think that that would be, um, uh, just a, a novel way to do it. Even if you don't decorate the room and all that kind of stuff, it's just the the idea of it um i've kind of approached editing that way before um where i would tell that when i wanted to do peer editing Mm -hmm. i would have the students say hey uh we're a magazine and i'm the senior editor but all of y'all have a something you have to edit for so somebody would edit for uh making sure all the paragraphs were in there you got to make sure it looks like what we want it to look like you know the appearance uh, somebody else would edit for making sure that all the grammar part, you know, everything's capitalized, whatever. But it was all the different. And I would show them a magazine and now they have, you know, editor of all the pictures and editor, you know, the photo editor and the, the different uh, topics editor that they would do. So I kind of did it from a magazine perspective. I've done that. That's kind of where the idea came from. All right. Well, now we just blew this up. Now it's going to be this huge production. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you make it as small as you want or as big as you need. <laughs> that's true. Well, and I think, uh, I think that's probably a good place to kind of close out here is just this me get, getting sent off to kind of plan this idea. I do like this idea cause I was working with themes. I do like the idea of thematically linking everything together. Like I was also thinking of like maybe a Ted talk, I, a Ted talks have been done before. Um, but creating, you know, giving kids like a certain amount of minutes to do their TED Talk and then. Uh, do, do y'all have a green room? No. Or a green screen of any kind? 
No, I mean, I could get one together, I'm sure. Well, that would be kind of fun if you could, um, if they could have fun with that. Mm-hmm. With that, guys, this has been an episode <laughs> of Crafted Draft with Pam Ocho and Jacob Chastain. Hopefully, listening to me go back and forth on ideas on how to do this was helpful. Maybe it was funny. Maybe you're like, Lord have mercy, what happens to this man's brain when he is planning topics? Regardless, if you enjoyed this episode, leave a review in the podcast app of your choice. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We release episodes every single Friday. So you get to start your weekend off with great ideas and kind of brainstorm with us. If you like these episodes, then we can do more of them. If you don't like them, let us know. We'll never talk about our plans ever again. (laughs) Regardless, thank you for listening and know that we are here for you.